Hey, y'all, you're listening to the Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Dodder. To learn more about today's reading or to read along with us, check out jointhejourney.com. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with today's Devo writer, Morgan Blackwell. Hey, y'all. What has surprised you the most about marriage? You're two months in. Yeah. I think everyone um, hypes up the transition to marriage and is like, this is going to be a really tough transition. You better be ready, you know, Um, which is good. It's good to be prepared. Um, But I have been surprised at how smooth the transition's been. We've had a lot of family stuff and just a lot of things going on. And he's just been like so sweet, so gracious and so patient with me in this transition. And it's just been so fun. And it's just great to like get to be by him every day. Oh yeah. yeah. Praise the Lord for that. Yeah. What uh what do you do for work? I work in management consulting. Yep. Awesome. So That's... you left your corporate America job to come record this podcast. I did. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> secrets the secret safe with the thousands of listeners <laughs> and me. Uh, but today oh and at Watermark, where yes. are you plugged in? Yes, I serve at Wake on Wednesday nights. I have a group of incoming seventh grade girls. They're so crazy and so fun. And then I also serve in women's Bible study where I get to be the admin on Thursday nights. So I just help women get connected into groups and just help on the administrative side. I love it. Yeah. And today we're in Second Peter 1. We are. I want to read your key verse. Great. So you chose verses three and four which say his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desires. Why those verses? I just think that there's something so reassuring and like peaceful about he's given everything to us required for life. Like we have everything that we need. We don't need to strive and search for answers or um, purpose or worth or anything else that we might get distracted by, but we can just like rest in his presence and the gift that he's given us, which is salvation through his son, Jesus. And when it says that great and very precious promise, we just get to look forward to life with him in eternity and we get to just spend our life um, running after him towards that. And so I just love the like comfort in the promises that are in those two verses. Mm-hmm. It's almost kind of like I'm looking at three and four. It's kind of like they're backwards testimony. So, hey, let me tell you what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. So the end is having escaped from the corruption that's in the world because of sinful desire. So before Christ, mm-hmm. we were children of the world, of the flesh. And uh, but through Christ... We've become partakers of the divine nature. He's granted yeah. us his promises. And now, because we're in Christ, beginning of, us, of verse three, his divine power has granted to us all things. We receive the spirit and can walk in this new identity, which I actually just made that observation right now as we're talking. <laughs> so it's not a fully fledged out idea. Uh, but what do you think that looks like? If I'm remembering your story correctly, you came to know the Lord one. Um, when I was really little, but okay. so that's what I was. Thinking. I accepted Christ, but then I didn't really understand what it looked like to walk with Him in the day to day until later in high school. Sure, yeah, okay. But as a kid, mm-hmm. you came to know the Lord. Yeah, same for me. And I think there can become this complacency with ideas like this when you've been walking with Jesus for a while, mm-hmm. where you're like, "Oh yeah, I'm in Christ, and He gives us all things, and I have this promised future and hope." And it's almost like riding a bike. 
like once you learn how to ride a bike, mm-hmm. you know how to ride a bike. You just got to get back on it and ride. Yeah. And you don't think about like when I get on a bike nowadays, I don't think about learning to ride a bike when I first learned to do that for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's almost like I'm complacent in bike riding. What do you think it looks like for us to fight that temptation that these verses could become complacent toward them? Like, oh, yeah, this is true because I'm a Christian. Let Mm -hmm. me move on to the next thing. Yeah, I think I always think about just daily life. What's our goal here? And I always think of that verse where it's love God and love others. Mm -hmm. And there just isn't a lot of complacency there because it's so action oriented. And I'm a very achievement action oriented person. And so when I'm have that mindset, it's hard for me to get complacent because I can wake up every day and be like, all right, it's very simple. All I have to do is love God and love others. And there's a million ways to do that. So I'm just going to pick one today to do that and to be on mission. And when I wake up in the morning and I don't think that, that's when I fall into complacency. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like that mindset of what am I going to do today to love God and love others? And I think that in Second Peter, if you jump down a couple of verses, um, Paul gives us like seven re- ways that you can do that. He says like you can supplement your faith with goodness. You can grow in your knowledge and your self-control and endurance and godliness, brotherly affection and love. And I love that it's just like so clearly written out of how we can fight that temptation to just be complacent. Couldn't that be overwhelming? It can. can I read this and be like, Oh, oh my gosh, so there's many so many things. Yeah. Yeah. What would you what would your encouragement be to the person who's overwhelmed? I think that you just kind of have to go back to the goal of it. Um mm-hmm. if you're so worried about the task itself, you can get distracted from the end goal. And it's in verse three, like we have his great and precious promise. And that's what we can just remember of like we're chasing after life and eternity with him. And it's not a checklist of things that we're doing, but it's that love God, love others, that very simple mandate that we've been given. And so I guess if you're starting and you're like, I don't know what to do, I don't know where to go, I would say just pick one thing that mm-hmm. falls into those buckets, whether that's reconnecting with a family member that maybe you haven't spoken to in a while or going over to your neighbor's house and bringing them some cookies and asking about their day or sending a nice message on um, Slack or Teams or something, like something really small that you can just love people well, and then those things, those characteristics that Paul lists, I think will just come more naturally out of that. I agree. I think those are really awesome practical examples. There's an interpreta- interpretive challenge in this chapter. There is. Point it out for us. It is verse 10. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, because if you do these things, you will never stumble. So a second ago, you said, hey, it's not a checklist. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't a list of behaviors we have to perfectly check off. Yeah. But I could read verse 10, be all the more diligent to do these things to confirm your calling and election. Wait, I thought she just said it wasn't a checklist. It's from love. Yeah. What's your, what's your gut reaction to that? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, we know very clearly um, right now in scripture that our salvation, once we have trusted in Jesus, that cannot be taken from us. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. Yeah. And so I read this more as confirm your calling. We've all been called by Jesus to be Mm -hmm. on mission. And so it's not you have to do these things to be called in on mission, called in on mission. But these things reflect your calling that you've decided to walk in. Yeah. 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 Like these behaviors evidence that you've made this commitment Mm -hmm. to follow Christ. I think of um, I really put you on the spot there. So great. Thank you for, for playing along. Uh, John 13, 
Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you is this. He's talking to the disciples that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. And by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And I was thinking about those examples you gave just a second ago. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's messaging a coworker on Slack or Teams, something super simple that is showing compassion on others, showing them Mm -hmm. the love of Jesus. And uh, those little examples might seem like minimal. What difference... What difference could it really make if I prioritize doing just one small thing a day? Mm-hmm. But the reality is it could make a huge difference because we're showing people the love of Jesus. And so as we wrap up, Morgan, thank you for sharing. Of course. And for everybody listening, I would just encourage you to think today, what is my one thing I can do to love God and out of that love, love people well? So that's all we've got. And I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Thanks for listening. Did you know you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? Leaving a review helps others more easily find the podcast and read along with us. So we'd love your help.